Welcome to First Fiction, the podcast dedicated to showcasing notable new fiction published on Verso.inc. Verso.inc is a new online community for discovering and sharing great fiction. Our mission is to help discerning readers discover the best new fiction and assist emerging authors in growing their audiences. First Fiction features selected works distinguished as noteworthy by Verso.inc moderators. Keep listening and you might discover something you love. Welcome to First Fiction. I'm your host, Karen Hahn, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me today. For our very first episode, I'm going to share with you a complete short story by Crystal Brinkerhoff. Tethered fits in the horror and thriller genres, and at the time of recording is not only one of our noteworthy selections, which means it's been chosen by Verso.inc moderators, but also sits in the number one spot in popular votes by our readers. I had a chance to visit with Crystal about Tethered, and if you keep listening after the story, you'll be able to hear that interview. This is Tethered by Crystal Brinkerhoff, narrated by Carly Schofield. The bodies wouldn't sink. His muscles ached and his back screamed at him. Dragging the corpses into the ocean had been much harder than he'd expected. Heavy with salt water, his crew uniform clung to his body and trapped in granules of sand that chafed his skin raw. He thought he recognized a few of them from the cruise ship, but he couldn't be sure. Their faces were swollen and pale. He recognized the old lady with the Bermuda shorts and red polo shirt. Each morning she'd ordered grapefruit and yogurt, and he'd delivered it. An old man in a button-down shirt and khakis lay nearby in the sand. He was sure they were a couple, and he released them together. First her, then him, their feet leaving intertwining trails that were soon washed away by the tide. In the few days he'd been here, the island had provided for his needs. It was small, but he'd found a freshwater stream that swelled with the afternoon rains. Lush vegetation had proved edible, and a purple fruit from one type of tree had tasted of sweet salvation but then the decay of human flesh set in. Between the stench and the insects they attracted, he couldn't simply hide on his part of the island and wait for them to turn to bones. He'd tried burying them. He'd managed to cover three corpses when night fell. By next morning, partially exposed bodies greeted him. It was as if the sand had found the decomposing bodies distasteful and spat them back out. He'd tried burning them, Rubbing sticks together to create fire must be a trick of fiction. He hadn't gotten so much as a wisp of smoke. He'd thrown his sticks to the ground and looked out over the endless ocean. The answer had been surrounding him the entire time. He couldn't bring himself to touch their rotting flesh, gripping their clothing instead. He moved a body, and it groaned. Screaming, he was halfway down the beach before he realized it must be gases escaping from some crevice inside, and not the dead coming alive. Each successive body after that was like a terrifying game of jack-in-the-box. The current only carried them so far, and then they seemed to halt as if tethered to the island. There they stayed, dozens of dark blemishes rising and falling among the white caps of the ocean waves. At night, he pled for the blissful ignorance of sleep to wash over him. 
the ocean roared in his ears, and each time he closed his eyes, waves swallowed him until he wasn't sure which way was up. It was all so dark and murky, impossible to see until lightning struck. The water burst into a flash of radial light, clearly illuminating the survivors floating on the surface above, no longer moving. He opened his eyes. They were out there. He couldn't see them, but he could feel them. In the dawn's light, a piece of a lifeboat lay on the beach, a gift from the ocean, or a taunt. He glanced to the horizon for any sign of rescue. He only saw them. He fastened the piece of lifeboat in between the branches of a tree and used it for shelter when rain came that afternoon. The rain let up and the bugs came out. He had no defense and swatted frantically at the winged creatures biting his skin. The same creatures that devoured the dead. The old lady in the red polo shirt washed up on shore while he was eating breakfast the next day. Part of her face was missing. He swiped at the sticky juice dripping down his chin. Waves lapped at her feet. He hurled the fruit into the sea and pushed her back out. When pieces of her flesh fell away in his hand, he lost the contents of his stomach. The second body appeared a few hours later. He pushed that one into the ocean. By dusk, there were three more, the old lady among them. He pushed them all back. What he wouldn't give for a match or a lighter. All night, the ocean waves roared at him, and sleep would not claim him. He twitched at images of lightning and scratched at bugs tickling his skin. When he emerged from his shelter in the morning, his shoulders slumped. Bodies stretched along the beach, far more than he'd carried out to sea. The ocean spread in every direction. Another body washed up near his feet, a large crab feasting on the green flesh. He didn't push this one back. If they wanted the island so badly, they could have it. He wrestled his shelter out of the tree and hauled it to the water. Waves rose to meet his chest when he lay down on the makeshift raft. His lungs closed in panic. With a throaty gasp, he gulped precious oxygen. Sea brine burned his throat, but he kicked against the ocean. His raft bottomed out on sand. That wasn't right. He was on shore again. He must have gotten turned around. He tried again, this time moving parallel to the shore, like he'd heard you should do with riptides. He didn't know if that's what this was. Didn't riptides carry you out to sea? He nearly collided with another corpse and had to kick to veer around it. He bottomed out on sand again. Panic set in. Abandoning the raft, he aimed for the open sea. He splashed through waves that threatened to drown him in his terror. He watched over his shoulder. No matter how hard he swam, that looming mass of land was there. His lungs burned and his muscles ached. His chest heaved with sobs. He had no strength left. The water carried him back, each wave pushing him further and further onto the beach. He lay on the coarse sand, one body among hundreds. to have a special guest, Crystal Brinkerhoff, joining us today for our very first inaugural episode of First Fiction. Welcome, Crystal. 
Hello. Thank you. So, Crystal, I have a short little bio uh, that you are a big scaredy cat who uses (laughs) your fear of everything to write deliciously dark stories. So explain to me how that works. Because this is definitely not a story that I would assume a big scaredy cat would have written. <laughs> Sometimes I feel a little bit like a fraud in in the horror <laughs> circle um, because I don't consume tons of it. I have to be very, very careful about what I do consume, um, especially my husband travels a lot, especially if I'm at home <laughs> alone and I hear the house making noises at night. I... I am actually, yeah, I am. I'm a very big scaredy cat, but um, I kind of like to exploit that. Okay. (laughs) I've discovered it's rather empowering to exploit that. (laughs) So does that just give you ideas as far as how to prey on your reader's fears or are there other ways that you use Absolutely. If I hear if I hear a noise in the dark and my first thought is, how am I going to fight off whatever that is and then get to my kids? I mean, that's that's great for (laughs) for high tension, high stakes uh, storytelling. (laughs) I feel like I can tap into that because I understand it. (laughs) (laughs) So have you learned then not to write horror while your husband is gone or do you just do it anyway? And no, if the ideas are coming, that's when I write. I can't really actually wait. So I just have to suffer the consequences. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you working on right now then? Right now? I've got a few things I'm working on. Um, I have I have one I'm trying to get done by the end of the month. Just another short story. Um, so I've got that. I've got a couple of other short stories that that I'm working on, and then um, and then a couple of longer ones. My goal by the end of the year is to maybe have finished a full length novel. Oh, great! <laughs> we'll see. I'm definitely. Believe it or not, I actually really love a wide variety of things, but I actually am really kind of particular to fairy tales, Mm. which I know nothing I've actually put out really even reflects that. Um, I really, really want to try. I've got a piece of a um, fairy tale detective novel that I'm working on, and I, I... it just it opens up to so much just really unexpected. I kind of like that unexpected twist um, that I think kind of can lend itself to humor mm. um, while also tapping into the terror uh-huh. a little bit. Well, and when you think about it, I mean, fairy tales are probably some of the original horror <laughs> Right. Seriously. Uh, Seriously. What is that we tell to children? (laughs) (laughs) What is your intended audience for this other idea that you're kicking around there? Um, that is a good question. I, I would say if you're into thriller, if you're into, um, I would say horror, although I feel like, I feel like horror as a genre tends to be, um, the stereotypes surrounding it tend to be really limiting. Mm. Um, so I would say if you like, if you like kind of edgy okay. and if you like sort of darker, but not too dark, sort of more like a, like a twilight zone level. That's, okay. that's the level I aim for mm-hmm. where it's, it's fun. It kind of gives you a little bit of a thrill, uh, maybe makes you think a little bit. 
Um, but, but also feel safe to consume and hopefully won't give you nightmares. That's always my goal is I don't want to have nightmares. So that's kind of what I aim for. And when I think of Twilight Zone, I think of as much psychological kind of horror as uh, any sort of physical uh, kind of danger there or risk, uh, which, which really is reflected in Tethered. Um, so tell me a little bit about writing Tethered, um, you know, where you got the idea, what, what your thoughts were as you developed that. It started out as a, it was a short story prompt. Honestly, I can't even tell you what the prompt was, except (laughs) it was probably related to a deserted island (laughs) would be my (laughs) guess. And, and it just kind of took off from there. I had to do quite a bit of research I've never worked with um cadavers Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't have a lot of experience with that um so I did have to do a lot of research on and and that was a little again I had to be really careful about what I was googling because I didn't I didn't want images I didn't I just wanted information that was Mm -hmm. all I wanted just enough to be able to to tell the story the way I wanted to tell it. And you didn't want and, your research to give you nightmares. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm, I'm always pretty convinced that I'm on some sort of a watch list somewhere after, <laughs> after the things I search. I think most writers probably feel that way. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I found, um, I'm a part of a, a horror writing group and when and so I I sent tethered to them to have them look at it for me and give me some feedback. And one of one of our members has he grew up working in a in a mortuary. Oh, and okay. I was really excited then when he came back to me and he said, "Hey, these are like I can tell you have experience with this because these details wow. like they they were right." And so that was really that was oh, really wow. gratifying. That, okay. At least my Googling methods have worked enough that, that they're passable to somebody who who does know his That's stuff. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But, so then what would you say was maybe your favorite part of writing Tethered? Um, I don't know if I would say favorite sounds weird. So I don't know if that's quite the right word, but I, I really did actually enjoy, um, no, enjoys the wrong word too. (laughs) It was interesting. It was interesting to, um, to research about what does happen to bodies and, and just all of the different things that can happen during decomposition, um, in so many different environments. And that, that really, it was interesting. It wasn't, I mean, it's gross a little bit too, but just interesting. Um, maybe enjoying is the wrong word to use. <laughs> I don't know that Satisfying. I enjoyed it. Satisfying. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't worry too much about that watch list. Thank you. <laughs> Please don't report me. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So the the helplessness and the hopelessness of his situation really is what uh, really feeds the feeling of dread. Um, you know, there's no, although his imagination kind of, you know, 
makes him unsettled. There's no, as a reader, there's no fear that these, that these corpses are going to get up and you right. know, walk around and attack him or anything. He's not, he's not, not in any harm, right? but it is that overwhelming sense of, yeah, just hopelessness and, and not being able to change his situation. So do you have any thoughts about that or, or <laughs> why you chose to not give him a way out? <laughs> I have a few thoughts about that. Um, I, back when I wrote it, I, it was a couple of days after I'd finished it and gotten it to a place where I was really happy with it. Um, so I didn't even recognize it in the moment, but, but I, there were some personal things that I identified as far as, Oh, that, that is exactly how I feel about this thing. <laughs> um, what it reminds me, and that was a couple of years ago, but what it reminds me of now is what what we're currently going through with COVID-19 and the, um, I don't even know, what week are we on? I don't even know what week we're on. Is this four? Uh, four, I think four. I think. And it's a whole weird thing that I have never experienced before, but I was reminded of that as we've been talking about Tethered, that that is really, really similar to how I'm feeling right now um, and how members of my family are feeling in the same house day after day, is anything going to change? Are we mm. always going to have to live like this? Um, even though we've been told that, you know, it won't last forever. Um, it, it's that uncertainty that, but when will it? And, and we can't be told that yet. We haven't been told that yet. Well, let's hope we all have a happier ending in store. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck. It sounds like you have some uh, neat projects, at least that you're trying yeah, to work on. I think so. We'll, so. <laughs> we'll hope for the best and that maybe if nothing else, if this is the new norm, that things will settle a little bit and you'll have the space for that. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of your thoughts and experiences with this. Thank you so much. This this has been fun. It's been fun to kind of relive some of those things and, and remember um, putting it together. And it, this was a fun one to put together, which I know sounds weird, but it was a fun <laughs> one to put together. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. It's it's uh, fun in a grim way. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being on with us today. And thank you. Listeners, if you would like to give Crystal's tethered another upvote and keep her in that top spot go to verso.ink that's verso.ink you can sign up for free you can vote for her you can connect with her and also discover some of our other amazing authors who are on there do you have where could listeners or readers uh, find you or connect with you so um, you can find me at crystalbrinkerhoff.com at my website um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and okay. that's just at Crystal Brinkerhoff and you can, you can find announcements about upcoming things, um, on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of First Fiction. If you'd like to hear more great fiction from the best emerging authors, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about this podcast and the authors and stories we promote, visit verso.inc. That's verso.ink.